Thank you for taking the time to listen to the sermon from Hope Church Toronto North. It is our prayer that through this, you are challenged by the Word of God, you are built up in love, and that you are drawn more to the person and work of Jesus Christ. We want to remind you, this is never meant to substitute God's good plan for you to be present in a local church under the care of qualified elders. If you do live in the North Toronto area and are looking for a local church, we invite you to join us at one of our Sunday morning gatherings. Our desire is that God would use this to encourage you with the hope we have in Jesus. Well, good morning, T North. Uh, If you have your Bibles, please open them up to Psalm 121. We're continuing in our series from the heart, looking at the Psalms one at a time, to asking the Lord to speak to us through them. So Psalm 121. See, there's certain people, depending on the circumstances that we find ourselves in, that bring a level of comfort and confidence with their presence like the the presence of a lifeguard at a pool or or the presence of of a tour guide in a brand new place that we've never been, or for a young child, the presence of their parent. See, the same thing is true for us as believers, that God is always with his people, and that should result in confidence in our hearts. Because unlike people, the presence of God and his help that he offers to us never fails and is not limited. See, Psalm 121 is going to show us that God is the source of true confidence. That as we understand who God is, as we grow in our understanding of who he claims to be, that confidence that we have in him only continues to grow. See, it can be easy for us in the midst of of everything that is happening to grow weary and to think that God is absent from our situation and circumstances, whether it be because of what we see happening in the world, the the evil, the injustice, the oppression, or or the things that we see happening in our own hearts, the, the struggle with sin, the lack of passion, seemingly unanswered prayer. When we see those things, it's easy for us to grow weary and to lose confidence. But Psalm 121 is going to show us the right way to think about God. The right way to think about God. And and the right way to think about God is that he is always with his people. And because he's always with us, we have confidence for our journey. So let's look at Psalm 121 starts off saying a song of ascents. Verse one, I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we we come to you this morning asking that you would be with us. 
We pray that you'd be with me even as I seek to to unpack uh, your word for your people. Help me, help us by your spirit to understand, to grow in our confidence in you, to to grow in our confidence that you are with us. And and would this psalm be be a, a help for us this week in the days to come to persevere uh, amongst uh, such hard circumstances and, and the world that we find ourselves in. You alone are our help. And so help us this morning to, to understand your word, to love you more. Be with us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So the psalm right away gives us some helpful context. See where it says uh, a song of ascent, that's actually part of the scripture. That's not added by the Bible publisher. That's part of God's inspired text. And so the scripture is giving us some helpful context. See, the Song of Ascents was a collection of songs that pilgrims from Israel would use as they journeyed towards Jerusalem. Because Jerusalem was set upon a hill, no matter where you came from, you would be ascending. And that's why they're called a song of ascent. See, faithful Israelites would make this journey multiple times in the year. And on this journey, they would find that they faced many kinds of dangers, whether it be the the very terrain that they had to walk on, the the rough paths and the roads, and they could fall, you could injure yourself, whether it be wild animals or even others, other people who would hide in the hills and rob and pillage, attack and kill pilgrims as they made their journey to Jerusalem. See, as Christians, we find ourselves in a similar situation. See, the Bible calls us sojourners. It calls us strangers. It calls us exiles. It calls us aliens. Why? Because the Bible teaches us that our citizenship as Christians who have faith in Jesus Christ is not here on earth, but in heaven. And we saw this through our series in the book of Philippians, that our citizenship is in heaven. And so we are making our journey towards the new heavenly Jerusalem, the new heavenly Jerusalem. And so this this can explain why as Christians, sometimes we feel like we don't belong, whether that be with our our friends, our family, the, the people that we work with, we feel strange, like we don't belong. And this is one of the reasons why the church can be so helpful, that gathering together as believers can be so helpful. Because when we gather together, we're encouraging one another, we're reminding ourselves of our shared citizenship in heaven. Here's what the the writer of Hebrews says happens when we gather together. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and to good works, not neglecting to meet together as it, as it is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. See, when we come together, and I'm so excited, Lord willing, we'll be doing this next week. This is the last time, Lord willing, we're delivering the word like this over video. We'll be together in person. And one of the things that happens is we're, we're encouraged. Uh, our weary hearts are encouraged by the truth of God, by our fellowship, and we persevere in our journey. And so like the psalmist, 
we as Christians are on a journey to the new Jerusalem. And like the psalmist, on our journey, we will face many kinds of dangers. See, Paul in Ephesians says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And Peter reminds us, not only do we face uh, ideologies, uh, the, the spiritual realm, but we face our enemy, the devil. First Peter 5 verse 8 says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. So like the pilgrims that use Psalm 121, we're on a journey and we face many kinds of enemies. But like the psalmist, we shouldn't be worried. Look at the way he, he looks at the hill. Verse one, I lift my eyes up to the hills. From where does my help come from? He asks this question and, and without any hesitation, he answers, verse two, my help comes from the Lord. Christian, this is our confidence that our help comes from the Lord. See, when, when the psalmist, when the scripture uses this title for God, a Lord with all capitals, it's referring to his covenant name that he revealed to his people. And so when the psalmist says, my help comes from the Lord, he's saying, my help comes from the covenant keeping God, the God who is faithful to his people, who is faithful to his promises. That God is the God of our help. He is the source of our help. And look how the psalmist refers to God all throughout the psalm. He calls him the Lord, our keeper. Verse, verse eight, uh, sorry, verse three, he who keeps you will not slumber. Verse four, he who keeps Israel. Verse five, the Lord is your keeper. Uh, and then verse seven, the Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. Verse eight, the Lord will keep your going out and your coming in. This is the reality that we stand in, that the Lord is our keeper. See, the psalmist, when he asks this question, doesn't ask it from a place of uncertainty. Instead, the, the psalmist is using this question and answer method to train his own heart. The psalmist is using question and answer to train his own heart and mind and the hearts and minds of others around him to, to remember the truth of who God is. See, it's similar to the, to the catechisms that the church used all throughout history, questions and answers. It's similar to the catechisms that we use with our kids' ministry. And so, so to the kids, uh, you might even remember this question. This is the first question in the, in the Hope Kids curriculum. What is our only hope in life and death? And the answer is there's uh, that we are not our own, but belong body and soul, both in life and death to God and to our savior, Jesus Christ. This is one of the benefits of, of catechisms, uh, of questions and answers, because it causes truth and it helps us memorize truth and the promises of God and it helps them remain in our mind so that when we come to times of trouble, times of uncertainty, those, those truths are readily accessible in our minds. And so the same way we use this with our Hope Kids, we encourage you, 
Start, start using catechisms. Use questions and answers to, to remember the truth of who God is. And so the psalmist, he tells us that, our, that the Lord is our source of help, that the Lord is our keeper. But like a child bragging about his dad, saying, you know, my dad is stronger than your dad. My dad can, can kick this far. He can, he can punch this hard. He can run this fast. Uh, the, the psalmist starts, not only tells us that our helper is the Lord, but tells us about God. And he's doing this so that our confidence in the Lord would increase. Look at, look at verse one again. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come from? Verse two, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. The Lord is our keeper. And this is our first point. He is the creator of all. So the Lord who is our keeper is the one who made everything. See, when the psalmist refers to heaven and earth, it's not just referring to the two places, but it's referring to everything in creation. See, the psalmist is telling us the reality is there's two categories. The, the one, there's God, and then two, everything else. See, God has created everything that we see and don't see. And the psalmist is telling us this because it points to God's power and authority over everything. God's power and authority over everything. See, the psalmist is telling us about God's omnipotence which means simply that God is all powerful, that he has control over everything. Here's what Alan Ross says about this. The point is, if the Lord created everything, then he created the hills through which the pilgrim must walk. And whatever the Lord has created, he can control. See, everything that poses a danger to us is under God's authority and power and control. The reality for us as believers is that there is nothing that we will face in our lives that is outside of God's power to control and outside of his sovereign care for his people. That means that even the hard things that we face, even the difficult situations that we find ourselves in is brought about by God and he's able to control it. It's under his authority and he's using it for our good. See, Paul tells us a couple things in 2 Corinthians about difficult situations. One, that, he, you, that God uses difficult situations to grow our dependence on him. Second Corinthians chapter one, verse nine. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. Difficult situations are used by the Lord to grow our dependence on him, but the Lord also uses difficult situations and, and hard circumstances so that we can grow in our capacity to offer comfort to those who are suffering around us. Again, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 6. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we're comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. See, this also means that there is nothing that God cannot use for his glory and for the good of his people. 
See, what that means is when we look at the news and we're overwhelmed by worry and concern as we see all that is happening, it's easy to get burdened by those things, but the psalmist wants to remind us that there's nothing out there that is outside of God's power, authority, and control, that God is using all of it for his glory and for our good, that there's nothing that God cannot use for his glory and for our good. This, this promise of absolute power and the promise that God is with us is also the promises that surround the command of Jesus to us as his disciples in the Great Commission. See, when, when Jesus gives the Great Commission, he prefaces it with the promise of his absolute power. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And then he gives the Great Commission. So the, the Great Commission is backed up by the absolute sovereignty and power of Jesus Christ but we're also reminded at the end of the Great Commission of his presence with us. What does he say? Behold, I am with you to the end of the age. See, the absolute power of Jesus is not only just a comfort during difficult situations, but also is the fuel for our obedience, is the fuel for the Great Commission. See, the psalmist tells us that the Lord is our keeper and that he's the creator of all things. The psalmist doesn't stop there. He, he gives us yet another reason to grow in our confidence in the Lord. Look at verse three. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. So our second point is this. The Lord is our keeper. He is the watchman of his people. See, the psalmist tells us that in the midst of our journey, the Lord ensures that our feet do not slip and falter. And, and so Jason DeRucci, he clarifies what this means by saying, the word combination depicting the stumbling step in verse three is never used in scripture of physical falling. Rather, all four of its other occurrences in scripture employ it figuratively for someone who is, or anticipated being, overcome by divine judgment, personal sin or weakness, or enemy oppression. When the psalmist declared, therefore, he will not allow your foot to slip, he was most likely speaking of the perseverance of the saints." See, what the psalmist is telling us is not that, that we shouldn't expect pain and frustration in our lives, but rather that the Lord, our keeper, is sustaining us and preserving us in and through these difficulties. What the psalmist is trying to show us, what the scripture is showing us is the reality that we can only persevere in this journey because the Lord, our God, is preserving us. We can only persevere in the journey because the Lord, our God, is preserving us. And why are we preserved? Because God never sleeps or slumbers. Look at verse three. He will not let your foot be moved. Why? Because he who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. 
See, the psalmist is directly contrasting who God is, the true and living God, compared to to the idols and the gods of the people around him. See, when the prophet Elijah challenged the prophets of Baal, the false gods uh, of the people, he, he said this about Baal in a mocking way. He said, and at noon, Elijah mocked them saying, cry aloud for he is a God. Either he's musing or he's relieving himself or he's on a journey or perhaps he is asleep and must be awakened. See, God's not like that. He's, he's never falling asleep on his people. He, uh, what, what does it say? The psalmist tells us that he will not slumber. He will neither slumber nor sleep. See, God isn't like the tired security guard that falls asleep at his shift. But God never falls asleep. He's constantly watchful. He's always aware. He's always available. And he's always at work for his people. He's always aware, always available, and always at work for his people. And so Christian, God is at work for you even right now. The God is at work for you even right now. See, uh, the, the, the Holy Spirit even right now is praying on our behalf. Paul tells us this in Romans 8. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. The Spirit is at work in us, transforming us, but also praying on our behalf. Jesus Christ, our our great high priest, is mediating for us, advocating on our behalf. Again, Paul in Romans 8 says this, Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. See, what does that mean for us? That God is always aware always available, always working on our behalf. And we've seen some of the ways that that the Holy Spirit prays for things that we don't even know we ought to pray for, that Jesus Christ is interceding on our behalf. What does that mean for us? It means this, that our prayers never go unanswered or unheard. That our prayers never go unanswered or unheard. See, God is at work for his people. He's always at work. He's always guarding. He's always protecting. He's always interceding, even on our behalf. The Trinity is at work for the life of the believer. And here's one way that should affect us even today. One way that it should affect us even today is that that we should be able tonight to have a good sleep. Because, Because God never sleeps because God is always at work for his people, because God never sleeps, that means we can. Uh, here's how David puts it in Psalm, chapter, Psalm 3, verse 5. I lay down and slept, and I woke again. Why? Because the Lord sustained me. Because the Lord never sleeps, we can. So tonight, believer, rest well in the sovereignty of God. Lay your head down and sleep. Sleep well knowing that the Lord never does, that his care for you never ceases, that it's never interrupted. Lay down and sleep. 
and to the unbeliever, rest is available to you as well. God is at work for his people. And one of the ways he's done that is Jesus has worked for our salvation. And the offer is now made available for us to enter into the rest of our Savior. See, Jesus says to us, Matthew 11, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. See, the call to you, to the unbeliever, is that the God is at work for his people and he's worked out salvation through Jesus Christ. And the offer is now come and rest in the arms of your savior. See, the psalmist not only tells us that God never sleeps, but that his care is both for the corporate and for the individual. Look at, look at what he says. He who keeps you, so the individual will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel, the corporate, he will never slumber nor sleep. See, God calls us to love one another in the same way, to, to love the corporate body of the church, but also to show our love for the individual members of it. See, we love the church by joining together with the church in membership. We love the church by, by serving with the gifts that God has given us. We love the corporate body of believers by, by exercising those gifts for their good. But we also love the individual believer by valuing, honoring the, the contributions of the individual. And, and Paul tells us this in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, that we, we also weep and mourn with the hurting individual. So God calls us to love one another this way, not just to love the whole, but love individual members of the church. See, the psalmist, before we move on, we need to look at these verses. The psalmist is giving us a, a theology lesson on God. He, in these verses, we see a number of the attributes of God. And, and we want to spend a, a moment here because, like we said, as we grow in our understanding of who God is, our confidence only grows. See, the, the psalmist tells us of God's aseity. See, God is self-sufficient and independent of everything outside of himself. He's not like us. He doesn't need food. He doesn't need sleep. He doesn't need those outside of himself. God is self-sufficient and independent. He's also, the psalmist shows us, he's uh, omnipresent. This means that God is present with his people without the limitations of space and time. But God is also omniscient. He knows all things. God knows everything about himself, about his creation, and all throughout history. But he's also imminent. God is very present to his creation, especially his people in a personal and intimate way. So as we grow in our understanding of who God is, even in, in these attributes, we grow in our confidence that God truly can help us. One of the ways we know this is because he's so unlike us that he, he's not bogged down by the same weaknesses that we are. And because he's so powerful, he truly can help us. And so the psalmist continues, he doesn't stop. He, he gives us yet another reason why we can trust the Lord, why our confidence in the Lord can grow. 
Look at verses five to eight. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. See, the Lord is our keeper. And this is our final point. He is the protector from evil. See, the psalmist speaks of God's protection. He, he speaks of God's protection like a shade. See, when the, when the pilgrims would make their way to Jerusalem, it was a multiple day journey. They would, be, they would experience all the elements, the, the sun by day, the moon by night. See, when the psalmist, similar to how heaven and earth didn't just speak of two places, when the psalmist speaks of the sun by day and the moon by night, he's speaking of all of the dangers that present itself all throughout the day. And the Lord, like a shade, like a tent, protects us completely. See, God's not like the, the comprehensive warranty that you get on a product that, that has so many conditions that you're never actually sure if you're protected or not. See, the Lord isn't like that. His protection is all-encompassing. He protects us completely. See, the Lord is not just the creator of all things and so all-powerful and, and available to his people, but he's always protecting his people. God also assures us that he will protect us from the power of evil. Look at verse seven. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. See, what that means is it doesn't mean that we won't sin or that we won't be affected by sin, that we won't experience hurt or experience oppression and injustice. But what that means is that God is keeping and sustaining our faith even through the midst of evil. The reality is that we have faith today because God was keeping our faith yesterday. We have faith tomorrow because God is keeping our faith today. See, this is one of the, one of the beautiful blessings of having older believers in our church. See, I think of a number of older members at T North who have endured illness, who have endured the death of a loved one, who's endured joblessness, and yet, and yet they still faithfully follow the Lord. They still faithfully worship Him. They still faithfully trust Him. See, see, older members of the church are a living testimony of this truth, that God is sustaining the faith of his people, that God is not going to let go of the faith of his people. So I encourage you, look out for those older members of the faith. Thank God for them. They're, they're a living testimony of God's power to preserve his people's faith. See, God is protecting us from evil, not just today and in the days to come, but look at what the psalmist says in verse eight. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. God has promised us that we will reach the destination of our journey. God has promised us that we will reach the destination of our journey. See, this is the confidence that Paul has. Even as he's in jail, he's awaiting his execution. He writes this letter to Timothy, encouraging Timothy to remain faithful and steadfast 
And yet Paul has great hope, even though he knows for sure execution is what awaits him at the end of his jail time. He, he closes this letter to Timothy in this way, 2 Timothy 4, 18. He says this, the Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever, amen. Amen. See, the psalmist has this confidence. Paul has this confidence that the Lord will bring him to the, safely into the kingdom of God. And that's our confidence as believers. This is the Christian confidence. Not that the Lord is simply looking out for our tem- temporary physical well-being, but for our ultimate well-being, that he'll bring us safely into the kingdom of God, that, that Jesus Christ will himself will present us with great joy to God the Father, with our faith intact and preserved and kept and realized our faith will be made sight and we will be safe in the heavenly kingdom of God. Here's how Jude, the brother of Jesus, closes his letter. Now to him, meaning Jesus, who is able to keep you from stumbling and present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. Amen. A.W. Tozer once said, what comes into our mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us. What comes into our mind when we think about God is, is the most important thing about us. Psalm 121 has been trying to teach us that, that we ought to think of the Lord as our keeper, but not just a, a simply low view of that, but that the Lord is the creator of all things, that he has unlimited power, that he's the watchman of his people, that he's constantly aware, he's constantly watchful, that he's constantly caring for us, and that he's also our protector from evil. And we're confident in his care because he's powerful. We're confident in his care for us because he's all powerful. So as we grow in our understanding of who God is, we understand that, that he, he's with us. As, and because he is with us, because he is with us, we can be confident in the journey that's ahead of us. Because God, the Lord who is our keeper is with us. We can be confident for the journey that is ahead of us. Amen, amen. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this time. We're thankful uh, for Psalm 121 that has reminded us that that you, the covenant-keeping God, the God who is faithful to his word, to his promises, to his people, that you are with us. We're thankful for how the psalm has built up this, this grand image of who you truly are, that you are the creator of all things, that you are our watchmen that you constantly care for us and that you are protecting us from evil. And so we pray that as we we understand these things, that you'd help us to persevere. We 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 confess life is is hard. Uh, 
the things that we see around us and even in our own hearts poses uh, great, uh, great fear. It worries us. It, it, ma- it makes us weary. And so we pray that you'd help the truths that we saw this morning take deep root in our hearts and bear fruit in our lives. We truly want to to grow in, in our confidence in you. Help us to persevere, even as we trust that you will see us to the end, that we will reach our destination, that, that the hope that we look forward to is standing with you, beholding you in all of your glory, with Jesus Christ presenting us with great joy. So we thank you. We pray that you be with us even this week. We pray all of this in Christ's name. Amen. For more resources or information about Hope Church, visit HopeTorontoNorth.com.